All right, get your Bible up. Make this declaration. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. And I can be what it says I can be. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, as the teacher is teaching, hide them in the gift that I might experience revelation, impartation, destiny acceleration, and manifestation in my life. In Jesus' name, shout amen. Shout amen again. What scripture are we going to? Come on, you know, you know where we're going. Romans chapter 7, starting at verse 18, New Living Translation, New Living. Now, again, we're going to do a back to bring your Bible to church Sunday in a couple weeks. We're going to talk about it more on a Sunday. How many of you need to practice? Because when I go Romans 7, you, you know, if you haven't flipped in your Bible, it's in the New Testament. Romans 7, chap, chap, verse 18, it says, and Paul says, and I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what's good, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but what happens? Do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It's sin living in me that does it. I've discovered this principle in life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what's wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that's at war where? Where's the fight at? In my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. So Paul, we've been using this for this whole series of me versus me, and I love how this series has hit with our church and all that it's doing with our church family. But Paul, we want to keep emphasizing this. He says, I, I notice there's this battle on the inside of self-sabotage. How many know this is in everybody? Yeah. Tap your neighbor and say, this is in you too. There's this battle of self-sabotage on the inside where I know I should do right, but I'm being pulled to do wrong. Where's my real people to know what I'm talking about? You can shout, dance, and run, and leave, and have this pull and give in to do wrong. I mean, holiness has nothing to do with dress length. Because how many know the long dresses come up real quick, too? I'm just saying, no, it's, it's, not, about your, it's not about your dress length. It's about your, your spiritual maturity. But that happens from you renewing your mind. And so we've been saying that you got to get to a place where you can overcome and keep at bay. This whole self-sabotage never goes away. You can be doing well for a year and out the blue, bam, something pops up. But you got to be able to keep it at bay so you can focus on what we've been, we've been looking at, and that is on self-actualization, which is all about, I'm going to review real quick, about becoming the best version of yourself. They're going to bring this up on the screen. Based on embracing God's will for your life, directed from God's Word. And one of the things that we began to look at is when you're talking about self-actualization, is you got to be able to overcome, this is from Sunday, the perversion of self-transformation. Because self-transformation is all about trying to change me independent of God. And we told you on Sunday, you were never meant to be independent from God. You're to be interly dependent on God. I'm to be independently dependent on God so that no matter what other people do, I'm going to still trust God. I'm still going to walk with God. And so one of the things that we talked about is motivation for self-transformation is this attempt to feel good about yourself and it's a matter of self-worth and self-esteem. And we got into that on Sunday, and I want to kind of go a little further on something, but we gave you a definition about self-esteem. Would you tell your neighbor he's reviewing? 
Self-esteem is, it'll come up, is how an individual views, values, validates themselves in the arenas of their life, and it affects behavior factors, belief factors, bonding factors. Your self-esteem, wherever it is, affects everything about you. It affects how you conduct your life, how you relate to people, and all of those things. And we said it's so important that your self-esteem and self-worth is built upon the Word of God. It has to be built on the Word versus the, you know, the, what society does because society has marred this whole thing about self-esteem. Society has this, we looked at this on Sunday, this flawed metric of self-esteem, of self feeling that you're good enough off of a flawed metric, and we've been conditioned to view ourselves from a flawed metric that society has set up. People are living their lives, dictating how they feel about themselves off of something that is temporary. Amen and amen. We, and before you come into the body of Christ and before, you know, before you ever sit with Minister Pat, how many know Minister Pat's class is one of the greatest classes on image of righteousness? It is. Let me give y'all a secret. She, got a, she just wrote a book. She got a book coming out. She got a book coming out. How many know all y'all gonna buy my mama's book? <laughs> no, it's, I've, it's, it's a good book too. But watch now, watch. Prior to sitting in her class, she can teach righteousness better than me because it's her passion. I taught her on it and she can just, she's awesome. Prior to sitting in her class and learning out who you are as the righteousness of God, there's a lot of things in your mind that you have to undo and redo. You don't just accept you're the righteousness of God. You have to undo, unlearn, relearn, and you got because we've been conditioned to think that we have to work to please God. We're, we're conditioned to think that God, God is pleased. You, you please God when you read your Bible. Yeah, God, you're approved when you come to church. You're approved when you fast. None of those things is why God approves you. He approves you because he chose to. Righteous people pray. Righteous people go to church. Righteous people fast and all of those things, but that they're not approved by God for those work things. So there's this undoing of your mind concerning a work mentality to a relationship mentality with God because there are these conditions that society puts on us, and that's what I want us to look at in our time together tonight, these various conditions that we, we become conditioned to this flawed metric of how to view ourselves. This message is so important for everybody because until you really think about it, there's a good chance that you, you, you view yourself through a condition of a flawed system and you're feeling good or bad about yourself off of something totally false. What do you mean? Let's, let's dive in. Number one, we're conditioned to measure self-worth based on possessions. We think that if we amass stuff, that it's, it's going to bring you joy. <laughs> but watch, after you've driven the thing for a little while, after you lived in it for a little while, after you wore it for a little while, the joy wears off. <laughs> no, hear me. You, you were never meant to get value off of things. They can't give you value. 
They can't give you value, but we think the house, the car, the clothes, we think that those, those things make us more important or mean more, but things have nothing to do with your self-worth. Go to Luke 12. Luke 12. Look at verse 15. The, the American Standard Version says it this way. And he said unto them, Take heed and keep yourselves from all covetedness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possess. My value is not in the things I own, but it's who I belong to. Amen and amen. So we're conditioned to measure self-worth off of possessions. Number two, we're conditioned to measure self-worth based on positions. Ooh, thank you for the one that's right. I appreciate it. No, our, our, we use our profession to measure our self-worth. <laughs> and if we don't, you know, you think because you work a certain job, hear me, it don't make you more important. And watch, if you work a profession that others have deemed not noble, you doom yourself. If you work something that people, how many know somebody has, praise God for trash men. Trash men are, import, are not important. Let them go on strike. We, we, let, we let other people dictate the value of our profession when in reality, every profession, every position is important. Go to 1 Corinthians 12 real quick. 1 Corinthians 12. Are y'all getting this already? 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14, the Passion Translation. Lord, want you to see what God says. He addresses this. In fact, he says, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. So if the foot were to say, since I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, it's forgetting that it's still a vital part of the body. And if the ear were to say, since I'm not an eye, I'm not really part of the body, it's forgetting it's still an important part of the body. Think of it this way. If the whole body were just an eyeball, how could it hear sounds? If the whole body was just an ear, how could it smell different fragrances? But God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as he desires. A diversity is required. We all can't be and do the same thing. Aversity, diversity is required. For if the body consisted of one single part, there wouldn't be a body at all. So now we see there are many different parts and functions, but one body. See, I, I, hear me. Every part is important. Not just the visible things. Watch. Administration of a church is important even though you don't see it, you feel it. You, are you hearing me? People look, they, they want to be in the front and they want to make everything else less than. But watch, there is no less than. It's all important. We, watch, we just, we have to stop trying to want to be something we're not. Because if you don't be you, be, look at your neighbor and say, be you, boo, be you. If you won't be you, we are missing out on what God put in you. Amen. Are y'all listening to me? Here's another one I want you to get. We're conditioned to, me this is a real good one, to measure self-worth based on proficiency. <laughs> y'all are like, oh, 
In other words, we value our self-worth based on how good we can do something. <laughs> but the problem is, there's always somebody that can outdo you. You, you pride yourself on, you can sing, and when you sing, the people go crazy, and heavens, the angels seem to flap, and, and you put stock in your worth because of the people's response, and watch, you're cool till they respond to somebody outside of you. You profess, man, you, you, can, you can get a job done real quick and you take this pride, this off pride in that, but then there's somebody else that can come and do it better than you. So society causes us to put value in our self-worth based upon our proficiency. How many know everybody goes through seasons? And watch, you got to get this because the older you get, your income earning potential diminishes. See, watch, uh, older people, people season, you really got to get this because, you know, you might roll in here and we didn't know you in your heyday. In your heyday, man, you were bad. I mean, in your, in your heyday, man, you, you spoke to groups and you did this and people talk, I'm so blessed by your ministry. You breathed and people went out in the spirit and all of those things and nobody saw you in your heyday and your self-worth is, oh, I'm talking to somebody. Your self-worth has diminished because you thought that made you important, but that had nothing to do with your importance at all. Watch, that's why pastors want to hold their position till they die. And the older you get, pastor, you're in the way. Because you want the worship team to sing songs nobody wants to hear. So the church now consists of just the people your age it used to be won't he make you clean and you that, that was the jab but we we way past that but that's what so you don't let the worship team sing nothing else you don't want no young people you don't want to do nothing like that and watch now and everybody leaves and you hinder a ministry pastor's supposed to leave when it's thriving not when it's dying That's why when we turn this church over, I didn't say tomorrow, I didn't say next year, but when we turn this church over, nobody could be upset because watch, we're supposed to turn it over while we have strength. While we can coach and help the next generation succeed. Amen. So proficiency, everybody say proficiency. Yeah, how many know there's always somebody that can do it better than you? There's always somebody that can sing better, preach better, type better, run better, watch, do all time, just better. They, and you got to be okay with that because the question is that I'm doing it to the best of my ability. And be okay with me. Amen. We got some people in this room, man, they're in their, they're in their late 60s or 70s or, I mean, and watch, watch. And we have to remember, don't disvalue what you weren't part of. You value people, man. You got people in your presence that, that are generals. You just had no experience. You had no, you know, you no relatability to them. But watch, they're generals. They got all this wisdom and value. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Let me give you another one. We're conditioned, this is all false stuff, to measure self-worth based on presentation. 
based on looks. <laughs> no, you, you're so busy, try, you're trying to look like a model. You're trying to look like something airbrushed. No, no, it's airbrushed. You, you, <laughs> no, you're trying to get to a certain weight that you're not unless you only eat salad once a day. You're not a salad-eating chick. You are steak and biscuits chick. No, you, you try, you trying to, listen. Ladies, listen to me. You looking at stuff online, you done had four kids, they ain't had one baby. Your body done expanded and stretched and all that stuff, and you you doing whatever you can to get back in a size four. Four is gone. And then you want to, and to hear me, married ladies, don't do this to your man. Don't put something on that you know you can't fit in. Talking about how this look. Don't do that. Don't do that to us. Because that, that is a loaded question, and we're going to get in trouble, and then you're going to make us lie. <laughs> Father, forgive me. I know what I just did. I want to get in trouble. <laughs> no, no. Please hear me. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> you, you, you're trying to get a certain weight, hair color, eye color, all of that stuff. And the problem is, as soon as you get some of that just right, everything changes. <laughs> but see, here's the deal. When I, who am I talking to for real tonight, man? when I see myself the way God sees me, when my worth is in him and his word, it don't matter if I'm wearing hand-me-downs or Louis Vuitton. I'm made in his image and his likeness. Amen. <laughs> Here we go. Ooh, all right, let me watch time. We're conditioned to measure self-worth based on the price paid for things. There's some people, man, that think that if I have name brand high-priced items, then I got this good self-worth. And, and that's idiotic. You got red-bottom shoes, but you have no life insurance. Your weave and your nails are tight. Your makeup's on fleek but you got to shut off electric notice. Do you know it makes no sense to have a $1,200 bag that you can't even carry $20 in? Come on. I'd rather have a $20 bag that I got $2,000 up in it. We, 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 for some reason, man, we think, hear me, hear me, gentlemen, let me, because I'm messing with my daughters. You can't be wearing lizard skin shoes and you behind in your child support. Come on.
because those shoes do nothing to add to your self-worth. And God is not going to bless you because you're wearing shoes, but God will have a problem you don't take care of your seed. Amen. Ooh, why did I come to church tonight? So we were conditioned to measure self-worth off of the price paid for stuff. Come on, y'all. Is this true? You know what I'm talking about. Let me give you this real quick. We're conditioned to measure self-worth based on partnerships. Partnerships. We, some people take, they feel that they're important because they know certain people. And it makes me feel good that I can name drop. I can, I can name drop. I know this person. I know that person. People are secure with themselves. Many times don't even tell you who they're connected to. There's people past last year. We know famous people. We know most people don't even know. They don't even know because people that are secure in themselves. I, hear me. I don't need to name drop to feel good about me. You know, so-and-so knows me. I'm connected. Hear me. You want to name drop and nobody cares. Can I give you a revelation nugget? Can I give you a revelation nugget? We're more concerned about connecting to what we deem value versus understanding where value. You're so busy trying to connect to who you feel is valuable, you miss the value within yourself. Amen. Come on, man. You, you get this. It's going to change you. It's going to change you. Here's where we got to go as I'm, as I'm winding down. Your self-esteem, hear me, can't be measured by any of that stuff. Your self-esteem has to be measured by Scripture. Everybody say Scripture. See, here's the deal. When you, when you really get this and you throw off the shackles, man, of this false metric stuff, and you start renewing your mind based upon God's Word and what God's Word says about His metric for measuring our self-worth, it sets you free. You are, he who the Son has set free is what? Free indeed. When, when you feel good about you because of what God has said about you, when, you're, when your worth is tied to what He has said in His Word, you get free from people's opinion. You get free from what society says. You are, you are, are y'all hear what I'm saying? I remember, man, when, when we started signing, we started the church, and, um, and we started the church, man, and we had a minivan. We had a minivan. And I was good. I was good in a minivan. How many know you can have swag in a minivan? <laughs> no, I was good. And, and um, the pastors, the pastors around me, you know, when, when we were connected to Pastor Lamont before he went home to be with the Lord, a variety of them had Mercedes and BMWs. And uh, Elder Marcus, when we would go to conferences over there, the other pastors would pull up in their Mercedes and stuff. And watch, and Elder Marcus would be waiting for him to help again. I would pull up. Well, I didn't park way in the back. I'd pull up front in the minivan. And I know Elder Marcus, when I said, he said, Pastor, he said, can I ask you a question? I'm like, yeah. He said, does it bother you that you're in a minivan, but all these other people around you are in Mercedes and BMWs and this and that? I was like, no. He was like, why? I said, because it's about my perspective. One, my self-worth is not tied to what I drive.
But watch, I remember a time I didn't have a car. So God could have me walking, but he's letting me ride. I, I'm grateful. And if, if you think less of me because of what I drive, child, please, that's your problem, not mine. And see, watch, you got to be like that because then when God blesses you, you can't think that what you drive makes you better than anybody else. What you ride is not who you are. <laughs> so watch now. Watch, 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 watch. I need you to get this. I'm going to end with this. God's measurement, his metric for self-worth and self-esteem, I'm going to show you something in Scripture. His measurement, his metric system makes it possible for everybody to feel good about themselves. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, feel good about you. Yeah. Say it again, feel good about you. Yeah. No, no, I'm going to show you. God's metric, man, God's metric makes it possible for no matter where you are, no matter what's going on. Paul was cool. Call, Paul said, I know what it's like to have money. I know what it's like to have no money. I know what it's like to be homeless. I know what it's like to have a place to lay my head. Paul's mentality was, watch, but, but I'm content with wherever I am. I'm content. You, you, God, if God is good when you got money, he has to be good when you have no money. If God is good when everything's going right, he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. He has to be good when things are going wrong. If God, if God is good when my prayer is answered, God has to be good when my prayer has not been answered and I don't understand. Just because you get prayers answered, don't, don't make you special. I spoke out a couple weeks ago for one of my spiritual sons' anniversary, and the prophetic really flowed. Y'all got to start making more of a demand on the prophetic. When I was there, they, and it was flowing, and the stuff was coming out of me, and um, this one woman, she had no voice. She couldn't talk. And the Lord told me exactly what to tell her. I boldly said it. I said, this is what you need to do. So we prayed for her, and I said, this is what you need to do. The Lord said, if you will go home and speak in the mirror, Every time I cross your mind, speak in the mirror and go, I'm the healed, healthy, whole daughter of God, resisting all sick and disease, your throat will come back. Said it boldly to her. My son just called me and said, Dad, you'll never believe this. That woman that you prophesied to, her voice is totally back, totally, totally back. I didn't walk around like I'm the man of God. Because my self-worth is not tied to that stuff. Are you hearing me? Go to, go to 1 Corinthians real quick because I want you to see God's metric system, which, which says to everybody, man, feel good about you. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10, it simply says, I'm going to just read a portion. You can read the whole thing. It says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Now, you can read all of it, but hear me. But by the grace of God, I am who I, oh Lord, no, no, no. All that I am is because of his grace. Uh, all that I have is because of his grace. All of my shortcomings, he sustains me. What? All that I am has nothing to do with me. All that I am is because I am what I am because of his grace. His, his grace 
it takes care of my past. His grace gives me a hope of a good present. His grace gives me expectation of a future. I can't take credit. Watch, it's all because of him. What you're driving is because of his grace. Where you live is because of his grace. The food on your table is because of his grace. And if I don't have a place to live, his grace sustains me. If I don't have money, his grace sustains me. And when he blesses me, I won't turn around and think it's me. I'll declare it is because of him and him alone that I am what I am because of the grace of God. And so watch, watch, I'm, I'm, I'm done. So Sunday, I'm going to take you through a lineage of things and show you how God's plan measures your self-worth. And man, it's going to be so good because your self-worth is all about him. It has nothing to do with you. If you will get tonight's message and Sunday, you're free. You're free. There's too many people. There's too many people that are having mental challenges because they're concerned about other people's rejection. Other people's lack of acceptability. Man, you don't want to be my friend? I'll start another account and friend myself. You don't want to invite me to stuff? I'm good. See, watch. Some of you got to get this. Some of you got to get this. Because you focus too much on doing what other people tell you to do. And let me, let me prophetically say to you, some of people that are telling you, they know you're like that, so they manipulate you to get you to do and do things because they know that you won't feel good because you put too much stock in their acceptability. Hear me, baby. Hear me. I, I'm concerned about the acceptability of God. He accepts me, so I'm good. And if you don't accept me and y'all don't want me in your circle, deuces, because watch, ask for him, hear me. Me and God make a circle, and I'm good. And hear me, hear me clearly. God will send other people in your life that are happy with you being you. wearing what I'm wearing because you like it? It's because I like it. I'm wearing my hair because I like it. Why you got those things on your wrist? Because I like it. Why you doing all that flirting with Pastor Aisha? Because I like her. See, watch, watch. I just don't think pastors should be so affectionate on the platform. I didn't ask you. And guess what? We were doing this before you got here. We're going to do it after you're gone, too. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? You got to get this. The moment you get, don't just hear this, get it. Because, the, because next year you're going to need it. Next year, I'm telling you what, you're going to need it. You got to get this so you're free. So when the devil, see, watch, people that go, my biological clock is ticking. That's your self-esteem. Because watch, who God has for you is going to want you right where you is. Amen. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I got to stop, y'all. We're out of time. I got to stop. I got to stop. (laughs) 
Somebody said, please don't stop flirting with Pastor You don't ever got to worry about that. <laughs> I drive her nuts. I drive her nuts. When I, I, mean, I flirt all the time, and she's like, would you please? I'm like, nope. Because my commitment to her years ago was if you're ever concerned about you getting old or whatever, you look at me and let me be your mirror. I'm your mirror. She's the most beautiful creature God has ever created on this planet. I got a problem. I need deliverance from her, but I don't want to be. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Heads about before we roll up out of here, man. Now, I need y'all to Sunday, I need you to be in church. I need you to be in church Sunday because I need you to get this God's plan of measurement for your self-worth. It's going to be so good. So I need you to be in church on Sunday. Heads about before we get up out of here tonight, if there's anybody in this room, man, this was good tonight. Lord have mercy. If there's anybody in this room, you're online as well. You're not saved, but you want to be. I don't want to assume that everybody in this room is born again because you came to a midweek service. If you're here and you're not born again, man, we want to lead you into the kingdom of God. If you're online, same thing. Or maybe you're, you're a backslider. You were living for God, but something caused you to go astray. You got hurt by somebody someplace somewhere, and you're in the building or online in the virtual building, but you're away from God. Only you would know that. Well, we want to pray for you. I'm a living witness. It's not too late. It's never too late to come back to God, ever. He holds nothing against you. He just wants you to come back. He wants you so bad. God is so desperate for you to come home or come into the kingdom. He'll take you however you're willing to come. And so I'm going to pray a prayer for anybody in here that says, I'm not saved, but I want to be. I'm a backslider. I no longer want to be. And Bishop, if you're going to pray that prayer, would you include me? Because I want to get saved tonight. Would you include me? Because I want to rededicate my life tonight. If you're online as well, man, I don't care if you're watching this live, tomorrow, Friday, next week, it still works in the moment because it's a heart decision. So if you're in the building and you want to be included in this prayer of salvation or rededication, hold your hand up right now. Hold it up high. I'll see it. God will see it. Hold your hand up high. I'll see it. Parents, if you have little kids near you, would you, would you talk to them? Because I want to make sure you minister to them. Praise the Lord. All right, we're going to pray a prayer. I never assume when hands don't go up that everybody's born again. So we're going to all pray the prayer together because, man, if you're here, maybe you were scared to lift your hand or whatever, we got you. We're in this moment together. So repeat this prayer. Say, Dear Jesus, today I give you my life and I receive your free gifts of salvation and righteousness. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me, shedding your blood for me, going to hell for me, and rising again all for me. Today of my own free will, I receive you. And I thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. amen. Can we make some big noise real quick, man? People that got saved, rededicated. So if you gave your heart to Jesus or rededicated your life tonight, live or in, or in, in virtually, here's what I need you to do in this moment. Would you can, if you can, please take out your mobile device and text Got God to 54244. If you're online watching us, as soon as we go off the air, take if you're using your device and text Got God to 54244. When you do that, it's going to let us know the best way to connect with you because we're going to send you a, an electronic form entitled Made a Decision. Fill it out, send it back. We'll know the best way to connect with you. And you're going to get a video message from me and Pastor Aisha talking about what do you do now that you're born again? What do you do now that you've rededicated your life? So would you do that ASAP? Because we would love, love, love to connect with you. Could y'all make some big noise for people that got saved, rededicated tonight? <clears throat> All right. Somebody shout, it's tithes and offering time.
Now, if and only if you love giving to God, make some noise. Here in this church, this is a tithing church. If you didn't know, we believe in giving God the first tenth of any increase that hits our hand. Paycheck, find money, somebody gives us money, God gets the first tenth. It's his, it's not ours to keep. Then we take the 90%, handle all of our responsibilities and put money where? Put some in savings. What's left over is called your? Your excess, and that is what you give offerings out of, is the Holy Spirit leads you to do so. Now, we always say this, if you're here tonight or you're watching and you're going to pay your tithe because you got increase, but victory's not your church home, please don't do that here. Your tithe should go to your home church, not this church, any other church. Sow an offering if you want, but don't give us another church's tithe. Now, if you don't have a church home and you want to pay your tithe because you got a paycheck or got increase some way, by all means you can as long as you don't have a church home currently. Now, how do you give in case you you don't know several ways you can do that here number one you can always go to our website and give that way number two for those watching the address is on the screen you can mail something in if you want to bring it up here some people rather do that because they live nearby there's a drop box outside the executive wing while we're on that if there's anybody in the building we know most people a lot of people give electronically now but some still want to do cash or check we, we respect that. We want you to feel comfortable doing that, but we don't want you to give it loosely. If you're doing that tonight, cash or check, we want to give you an envelope to put it in. So if you need an envelope for your giving, hold your hand up, please, and the ushers will come and hook you up. Now, I need y'all to make big, big noise for our ushers that are on the floor because they are awesome. Our ushers are fantastic. I so appreciate them. For those that got an envelope, please note we don't pass offering buckets. The way you'll turn your envelope in is on your way out the door. There's two bins, one on either one of the walls. Drop it in there and it'll get to where it needs to get to. Another way to give is our mobile app. If you'll text VICCC space app to 77977, you can give that way. You can also text to give. Just text VICCC to 77977. Somebody needs an envelope over here. Um, and also, if you have an equip account, you can always give that way. All right, when you're ready to give, would you hold up whatever you're giving with tonight? If you just got an envelope and you're writing, please take your time and then catch up. But if you're giving electronically, hold up high whatever you're giving with tonight. If you're giving with an envelope and you're ready, hold that up. If you have nothing to give, hold up your hand with everybody else. We don't leave anybody behind in this moment. Online, hold up something, the biscuit and gravy that you're eating. Hold the biscuit. I'm hungry. Hold the biscuit. Wave it before the Lord. Speak to your seed. Say, seed, I know you can hear me. Everything has ears. I'm talking to you. Go now. Get in the ground. Increase. Multiply. And harvest. I'm calling you in to the kingdom of God and my citizen hand. In Jesus' name, shout amen. Stand to your feet. Now, before we move, if you need prayer, prayers, I believe prayers. Prayer team here. Prayers up to my left, your right if you need prayer. If you're a first-time visitor, I'd love for you to come up front, come in the center aisle. We'd love to meet you. All right, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm so glad you're here. As I was sitting next to you, I could tell Bishop kept just looking right at you. Give them a high five, a hug online. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you this weekend. Married couples, Saturday, 6 p.m. here. And then we'll see everybody else Sunday morning. Be blessed. I love y'all. Love you.